Welcome to episode 16 of the Loss of Step podcast for Monday, July 4th. That's right. It may be someone's birthday today, but we are working. I am Mark DiStefano, your, your, what's the word? Oh, yeah. Producer for this fine program. Occasionally I talk, sometimes I don't, but sometimes, well, most of the time, I'm joined by, well, this week it's two people. Mike, Mike, he's out for this week, but I'm joined by one mr tom and one mr max how, how are you guys doing what's up mark how you doing max what's up guys how's it going how's it going so tom tell me one of the stories we got going on this week um in my in my life in general or in my sports world anything anything tom tell me what's going on. um i'm going to the met game on uh on thursday taking the old man nice. father's day gift nice. Mets marlins Mets marlins i haven't been since opening day you know a child now responsibilities yeah you're not oh, going every week right. anymore right right that's so right. you know gonna gonna go with him excited there we go there we go max how are you doing how are you doing pretty good i'm excited to talk some free agency uh we had that kick off last week nba and uh i know tom's itching to get some baseball oh, talk in so we're um, gonna oh. no i was just thinking nba it did not disappoint no, it definitely did. And we got some things number to talk about box, for sure. Number one at the box office. I know yeah. Mark likes the box office references. Uh, <laughs> that I do. Free, NBA free agency, number Keep one at the happy. box office. Oh, Keep yeah. them happy. <laughs> that I do. Right behind uh, Top Gun Maverick, you know? All right. Today, we're going to talk about the NBA free agency, some of our own personal winners and losers from that. We're also going to talk about, well, we'll just call it our uh, state of the baseball season so far. We're going to talk about the team that isn't in the playoffs that will make it and some of the biggest overachievers and our biggest disappointment so far in the season. We also got the story you missed and our coveted lost a step segment. If you want to check out some of the other Lost of Step episodes, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your playlists, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us on the social medias, follow us on Twitter at Lost a Step One and just find our page. Search Lost a Step Podcast on Facebook. But for now, I'm going to hand it over to these guys. Thanks, Mark. We uh we appreciate you as always with the intro. Pinto, we'll we'll get into some NBA free agency. I mean, let's just get right into it. Obviously, a lot going on that hasn't happened yet, but let's talk about maybe for now the things that have happened already. Yep. Do you have, you know, just things that stand out right off the bat? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, I think that right off the bat, um, the big winner for me so far is the Celtics. They got um, Eastern Conference champions. Obviously, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, reigning Eastern Conference champions. They basically, and I'm being, I'm exaggerating here, they basically got Malcolm Brogdon for what? A stack of papers? Draft picks, right? I guess, right? yeah. They didn't, they didn't lose one rotational piece. Brogdon, although injured, there there is injury concern with him. He, that goes he with not, it. He has yep. not been a very healthy, reliable player the last two to three years. So there is injury concern, but pound for pound, a better point guard than Marcus Smart. Everybody loves Marcus Smart. Defensive player of the year is a is key. Everyone wants a Marcus Smart on their team, and he's extremely valuable to the Celtics. No one's going to argue that, but he's not a true point guard. Malcolm Brogdon is. Malcolm Brogdon yeah. is, and he can make life a lot easier for Tatum 
and for Brown. And don't forget, Gallinari bought out after he got traded, and they added him. So they added Brogdon and Gallinari with for basically nothing, without yeah. losing without losing anything substantial. I think that's that they are the clear winner. So they're to me better than they were when they lost Game Six to Golden State. So yeah, the and I used to come champs got better. In my opinion, I actually didn't see the Gallinari news, but that's a nice addition yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Smart, just going off of what you said, it's honestly letting Smart go back to doing what he does best and not having to try and do too much offensively, at least. Um, so I think obviously health again, a big thing. But if Brogdon can play a lot of games with the Celtics, I mean, I don't see how obviously other teams can get better and things like that, but they they seem to be the favorite in the East, you know, with that, with that roster right now. Um, I was going to say, it's hard to argue with your, with the Celtics take there. Um, what do you think? Cause, cause a team that stood out to me just from the first couple days, um, the Chicago bulls, they, they didn't do anything splashy. I would say um, getting Andre Drummond, I think is just a good, probably a guy off the bench for them. Um, not doesn't do a lot necessarily. Um, I would say defensively, but a big rebounds guy that you can add in there for depth. And then they just recently signed Goran Dragic, who I think he has some injury concerns of his own, but is a good veteran player. Um, I think if a guy like Lonzo Ball goes down again, you have Dragic to kind of step in there. But it doesn't seem like they've lost a lot of guys, at least right now. And they were a very good team. I feel like they hit some injuries towards the end and ended up falling to the sixth seed. What do you think of the Bulls just with what they've done? Again, nothing too splashy. Um, Zach Levine comes back, but. Have to stay more healthy. Bulls have to stay more healthy. They were, they came out like a house on fire at the beginning of the, of the year last year. You know how many Bulls played over 75 games last year? Two. Wow. That's it. DeMar DeRozan and Avo uh, Dasmunu. That's it. Nice. Vucevic, 73, Levine, 67, Kobe White, 61, Caruso, 41, Lonzo Ball, 35, Tristan Thompson, 23, Patrick Williams, 17. You get the idea. Yeah. Health. Health. They're a good, talented team. I don't know if I'm ready to call them a finals contender, but they're a they're a, a fine, a fine basketball team. I don't think there's I don't think there's that much separating them from the Sixers as they're presently constructed when they're, when they're all healthy together. Right. You know, I, I, I could see an argument made for both teams being a little better, but I don't think it's, there's a ton separating the bulls and the Sixers right now for the bulls. I think it's health. I think it's absolutely yeah. health. Um, You know, they, and what did they, they lost in five to the bucks, right. And in, in the first round. Yeah. I think they'd get one. Yeah. Yeah. Game two, right on the road. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right, right. They got game two on the road. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I, I think when you have Vucevic, DeRozan, Levine, that's as as solid as a trio as as you can have at least in the in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, those are and three you, obviously very talented players. Sorry, go ahead. No, you mentioned the Sixers. I just want to talk about them a little bit. They bring in a guy in PJ Tucker, who uh, teams obviously seem to really value. Um, just we've talked about it on the show, but defensively um, the Sixers bring him in to add a little defense and just maybe that, that energy. And, and he's got plenty of playoff experience, you know, playing with the heat last year, going to the conference finals, winning a championship with the bucks two years ago. Um, do you think that 
if their team pretty much stays the same, Harden's there, um, Embiid, you know, if they have those main guys with the addition of Tucker, that doesn't put them better than the Celtics for you. No, no I don't think it puts them better than the Bucks for me. You I see them as more of a three, four, I, five type seed. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's if you're James Harden, you're disappointed that he, you know, committed to the Sixers, opted out to be with the Sixers, and then the two guys they bring in are PJ Tucker and Danielle. Howell. Look, God bless PJ Tucker. He's a tremendous role player. Everyone wishes they had a PJ Tucker yeah. on their team. He's played in this league a long time. Very respected guy. A lot of playoff games. He's going to be great for the locker room. But, you know, are, are the six – I don't remember how many six games the Sixers won off the top of my head. And, and Harding came late. But are, right. they winning, are, 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 they, are they winning north of 50 games with that roster? 55 games? I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. And be, yeah. and, and be as, as a big man, you know, since a – and and granted, the Bucks won with Giannis, and their supporting cast around him was so efficient and so good. There's only so much you can do as a big man in today's game if your big man is your best player. And James Harden is not the same James Harden. He's not a scrub. He's a starting NBA player, but he's not the same guy that was on the Rockets. He's not. Yeah. He's not and that younger. actually brings that brings up another point um, mentioning the big men. Uh, the T Wolves, you know, made a big move to get Rudy Gobert. They they gave up a decent amount um, draft pick wise. I I don't have the trade in front of me, but I believe they gave up a couple players as well in that. Um, is that something where Towns and Gobert together? A lot of people seem to be kind of making fun of that or joking about you know them going back in time with these two big guys. What what do you think of of that move for the Timberwolves? And does that put them, you know? towards closer to like a top four seed top in the West four. instead of more towards the back end. Um, let me read the trade first for, uh, yeah, yeah. for, uh, for the listener. So the jazz receive Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro, 2023rd first, 2025th first, and a 2027th first all unprotected and a top five protected first rounder in 2029. Um, I don't think player wise, what they gave up, you know, is, is, is anything outstanding. I I think they can live without those players on their roster and they have a very talented starting five. Um, And, you know, Patrick Beverly has his moments where he's effective, but there's a reason he's been on however many teams and however many years. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, You know what, Max, I just don't see the fit with Towns and Gobert. I just, I just don't see it. I, I, I know that Towns can play the four and has said in the past that he likes to play the four, but man, that's a lot of slow mass out there when you've got those two guys together. Um, obviously Gobert and an elite rim protector, but I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't with a, with a great player in Donovan Mitchell, they could never get out of the first round. Do the Timberwolves right. have enough to get out of to get? Let's just let's pump the brakes and say, get out of the first round and win their first playoff series next year. It's going to be 19 years. Could they do it? I don't know. I err on the side of skeptical. I I, I don't. I don't know. 
just kind of uh, rubbing me the wrong way with how those two are going to work off each other. That's a uh, defensively. I, I think they will be, I think it'll yeah, help. I mean, I mean they I mean, should, how could it not should help? Right. Yeah. How, how, how could it not help defensively? You got those two monsters there, but offensively, I don't know. Uh, unless Towns is just going to play so much more on the perimeter and Gobert is going to get out of his way, um, which, you know, he, he'll, he'll shoot his. He can put the ball on the floor. Very elusive for a big guy. But I'm not ready to quite put them on uh, the upper echelon of yeah. the Western Conference. I think I think the Clippers, when they're – I mean, the Clippers were so injured last year. I think a, a healthy Clippers team is better than Minnesota. Yeah, and I think Gobert, I, I'm guessing, assuming that the big part of that signing is for defense and maybe it's more on offense is more of a clear the way, get out of the way, or, you know, alley-oops, be at the rim, you know, offensive boards, things like that. Because, I mean, Anthony Edwards was seeming like he's continuing to climb, it seems, and becoming, Sending, yeah. you know, yeah, and uh, Towns is a good offensive player. So I don't think they need Gobert to do much. But, yeah, it'll be interesting just to see how those two play together. And like you said, uh, not probably won't be the fastest, you know, pace team in the league. And so no, with the not. way the league is and just, you know, guys running up and down, a lot of smaller lineups, you kind of wonder if, if that's going to affect them a lot or they'll change it up and have success with it. So I'm interested to see, I, I thought Gobert, I didn't expect him to go there. Um, so, so we'll see what happens there. Um, do you see like any other, again, there's some things that are going to come and we're going to talk about that, but as, as far as things right now, like, are there any other teams that even just like re-sign guys that maybe weren't expected to or anything that maybe puts them in more into the conversation of a, a playoff team or just a contender? Um, I think that the Knicks have, have a chance to, to be a playoff team this year with the signing uh, of Brunson and Isaiah Hardestine is a really nice backup center, had a really nice year with the Clippers last year. Um, I mean, if the Nets blow this whole thing up, you have to assume the Knicks are going to be better than the Nets, right? You would think so, yeah. You would think so. They so should then, be. They should right. be. And the Knicks were 11th last year, the first team not in the playoffs. So if you're just doing that simple logic and every other team who made it last year made it again, yeah. then, then the Knicks are a playoff team next year. Um, I I think the signing of Brunson um, is a good signing. I, I, I think that he'll put pressure as a point guard on in ways that Knicks point guards have not really done. I mean, whether whoever and however far, however old you are listening to this podcast, whoever call, <laughs> whoever you call your Knicks best point guard, whether it's Raymond Felton or Marbury, or if you want to go back to Mark Jackson, whoever you call, he's the best Knicks starting point guard. Since. I'm a big Charlie Ward guy, Charlie Ward guy. <laughs> That's a that's a a a '90s point guard if there's, yeah. if, there's if there's ever been one. Yep. Um, also, funny you say that, Max. Bringing up Charlie Ward um, for how bad the Knicks have been for years and years and years. Mitchell Robinson became the first Nick to sign, first drafted Nick to sign a contract extension past his rookie contract since Charlie Ward. Really, it's incredible absolutely incredible i'm trying to think of guys that like you would have thought would have like 
Like David Lee? Well, someone well, like that. So he he did the the Knicks did the sign and trade with him. They signed uh, him and then traded him to Golden State to, to what, free Golden up State? the cap space yeah. for when they signed Amari Stoudemire in the summer of 2010. So gotcha. technically we won't count. Yeah, we don't we're count not gonna that. count that. We're not gonna count yeah. that. Bringing back a player that you drafted right. past his rookie contract. He's the first one. That's pretty Charlie crazy. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. This is hard, hard to believe. But no, I, I think the Brunson signing is a good he was he was Jalen Brunson has has performed extremely well without Luka Doncic on the court. 22 and seven and a half per 75 possessions without him. So um, I, I think it makes Barrett better. I think it makes Randall better. His father is on the staff. Tibbs was an assistant yeah. coach when, when Brunson Sr. was playing on the Knicks in the late 90s. From all that I know and watch and listen and hear, seems like a very coachable guy, which Tibbs will absolutely love. Seems like a good team guy. So, you know, are the Knicks a top four team in the East? No, not. Do I think they should play a better brand of offensive basketball this year? Yes. Absolutely, I do. It's it's not going to be a revolving Kemba Walker, Alec Burks point guard. No, they have a true top ten. Right, he was he was rated the top ten, and is as is as, uh, as an NBA point guard last year in efficiency. So the Knicks now have a top ten NBA point guard, and I don't know how much better he makes them. You should make them at least a little bit. I don't want to yeah. go crazy and give you a number of wins and say top four seed in the East, but they should offensively have more fluidity to them. And hopefully this can help Randall have a bounce back year. And because I was getting sick and tired of him bringing up the ball, Max, I really was. He's not a point guard. That's what I was going to ask you because I don't, when, when it's not during the season, you don't hear a ton, obviously about the Knicks, unless you're probably in that area, listen to radio, you know, following the Knicks. Um, what do, what do people say about Randall? And that's what I was going to say too, is you got to think it helps him at least a little bit and maybe turns him back into the player they thought he was going to be last year. I, well, I, I think that Julius Randall is somewhere in the middle of the last two years that he's had. Yeah. I don't think he's efficient as he was to... two years ago. And I don't think he's inefficient as he was last year. I think he's somewhere in that happy medium. And I think that's fine to me, to me, you know, when, when, when people say last year, you know, he was whatever, one or two. I don't remember the stat perfectly off the top of my head. One of two or three players along with LeBron and Jokic to average 19, 10, and 5. And that's all well and good. But I remember when we had Pat O'Keefe on the show, right, yeah. in the beginning. And we said anyone that has watched the Knicks this year has known that this has not been an efficient Julius Randle season. It's been quite the opposite. And I think that Brunson should make him a more – efficient player he, because you have to respect Brunson as a point guard and Randall should be able to get better looks with more attention for sure going yeah. to Brunson. So, I mean, and all the, the next three best offensive players now are, are all lefties Brunson, Barrett, Randall. I knew Brunson and Randall. Yeah. I guess Barrett yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. Should be interesting. You don't see that too often. I feel like, no. so I'm excited with the sign. Um, and uh, before before we move on to baseball, I was going to talk to you about the other side of that. So the Mavs lose Brunson so far. It looks like they haven't really done too much. Um, do you think the Mavericks like if they don't really change too much, like it doesn't seem like they're going to improve? I mean, do you see the Mavericks? 
the way they are right now with their roster, losing Brunson, I mean, are the Mavericks going to be able to compete with the Warriors and those teams we talked about in the Western Conference? I don't think so. Um, you know, Luca can do a lot. He can only take them so far. Um, I, I think they do need a little bit of a better supporting cast around him. And look, they got to the conference finals this year. Great for them. But, but Brunson um, was a big part of that Brunson too. Brunson was so. a, a huge part of that. And he had an outstanding playoffs. Um, so no, I, I think that this is a, a step step back for them as their roster is presently constituted. Maybe they go out and make another move, bring in another point guard. I, I don't know what they plan on to do with that position right now. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a step back for the Mavericks for sure. Unless Luca can even elevate his game anymore. But I mean, he already, he already does so much. He's already phenomenal. There's only right, yeah. so much more he can do. Right. You wouldn't I, think I, so. I, I right. think it's more, I think, if you get the same Luca production next year, you're fine. If from a Dallas standpoint, I think it's about getting better surrounding cast around him. All right, Max, let's uh, wrap up our NBA here. Final thoughts so far on free agency. What do you got? I mean, I'm sure people are wondering, you know, where, where the biggest story so far from free agency. And that's obviously Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving, the nets in general. What uh, happened? But I do have a, f- I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I uh, I, I guess you'll find out with with everyone else. Uh, we'll we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, uh, later in the episode. So so stay tuned for that. Um, my thoughts on free agency so far. Uh, just to wrap up, um, I think one other thing, because I said I was going to mention Otto Porter when you compared him to Marcone at the, <laughs> at, the at the beginning. Um, I don't think it should be um, overlooked. Overlooked. Thank you. Taken lightly. Got you that the Warriors lost Porter Jr. and Peyton. I think yeah. um, I think the Warriors leaned on their bench and their reserves more this year than they ever have. And why shouldn't they? Because Curry, Thompson, Green all getting older, all still great in their own way, but all getting a little bit older. And I think that For they're sure. young. I think their young bench players really stepped up this year. Uh, Porter Jr., a little older than Peyton and Peyton himself. Uh, I, th- I thought they were two big keys. I don't love them losing both of those guys. I, 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 I think those those guys were, were instrumental in the playoffs and the regular season in getting Golden State to uh, reach the ultimate prize. And maybe they, they think more of Wiseman and, you know, more of Flamingo and more of their other young guys. And they still have some, some – and obviously Poole is just getting better – but I think that that was a, a, a tough loss to lose both of those guys for them. And I'm interested to see um, how they go about and how or where the minutes go to replacing those guys' minutes because um, I think they'll be missed. Yeah, and we'll see, I guess, with Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know if you saw that signing. Yes, we'll see I did see that signing. If yes. he can do a little bit right. um, similar to what one of those guys did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's still signings to be made. Again, there's trades to be made for sure, it seems. Um, so, so we'll definitely follow up on this, uh, you know, on next episode. Uh, but I know you're excited for the next segment. Um, we're going to talk some baseball, right? Let's go talk some baseball just about as we sit right now on the 4th of July, as we're recording this, we have basically reached give or take for some teams, maybe one or two games, the halfway point of the season. Each team played around has played around 80 to 82 games. So, so far this year. So we are just about at the half way mark um like in any season in any sport there's been surprises there's been teams that are 
done exactly what we've expected, some in between. So Max, here's what we're going to do. I am going to give you a team right now. You're going to tell me who your pick is, and then I'll tell you mine. So we're going to start it like this. Okay. Let's go team that is currently in the playoffs that will not make it. This was tough for me. So, so my team is the Toronto blue Jays. I'll give you a little reason why. Um, I feel like it had to be someone from that AL East because they're going to be probably beating up on each other a bit. And maybe one of those teams just kind of drops off. Um, I think the blue Jays, that was my pick. I believe your pick to make it to the world series out of the AL. Um, I still think they're a good team. I just think they're a year or two off from being that after watching these, you know, 70 something games, 80 something games. I just think they aren't there yet. Um, I think their pitching hasn't been as good as what it, what was expected. Um, they've, I guess we thought they had five, you know, pretty, I wouldn't say dominant, but pretty good starters. And they've had some good pitching, you know, from some of those guys, but their bottom half of the league in ERA. Um, I just think I was leaning towards them or the Rays. I went with the Blue Jays and they, I could easily see them still winning the AL, honestly, but I just think out of those teams in the playoffs for either side, I think the Blue Jays have the best chance to to fall out. And uh, as we sit here right now on July 4th, we could let the fans know that in the wild card standings right now, that the Blue Jays currently hold the playoff spot by one game over the Rays. So they are the second wild card right now. Remember, folks, six playoff teams this year. Got your three division winners and then three wild cards. So Toronto's currently sitting in fifth out of six. Got to get used to that. I know it's yeah, taking me a little weird. time too, right? Right. Yeah. Think of think of the old NFL before they were weird and went to 17 games. Think of it like that, right? Okay. And even so, their playoff teams, they have yes. they used to be six. Yes. Now they have seven. It's right. just things and are changing. And now we're going with the two by system, like in the old NFL. So think of it like right. that. If you, can remember the old NFL. So Toronto's currently sitting in fifth, one game ahead of the Rays. The Rays, who are my pick nice. not to make the playoffs this year. Boy, I feel like I've just been bashing on Tampa for the last three I know, that's, weeks. I think that's kind of why one, I just said. One way wanna... or the other, right? I mean, they just, I'm just, <laughs> they it can't escape me right now. Um, I'm going to tell you why. Randy Rosarena, G-Man Choi, 36 RBIs each that leads the team. That's tough. That's tough. Starting pitching, doing the job. I know I talked about it. I I know I talked about it a little bit last week. Kluber, Rasmussen, good, solid. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use a Kluber or a Rasmussen right now. And McClanahan's a stud. He's he's the ace. Bullpen, eighth in baseball right now. Um, I know they've been top three the last couple of years. Eighth is still solid. Here's the problem, Max. I think they need to trade for a bat, but they're just usually not a team that does that. They're usually not a team that goes out and gets the big free agent on the market, especially one with an expiring contract because they know that they can't re-sign him. So I, I, you know, we've seen teams in the past be carried by their pitching all the way to October, Um, And I I think that the Rays pitching is good enough to absolutely keep them in the middle of things till September. I think they're going to miss out 
very, very slim because their pitching is still good. They've got a little bit healthier now. They got Wander Franco back, which should help tremendously. Yeah, that's um, huge. It's huge. Huge to have your your future uh, stud shortstop back. So that's going to help. Um, they'll finish with a winning record for sure. They might win 90 games, but I've got I've got them out by not not a lot. Maybe I'd say less than three, but I don't think they're going to make it. Did, did you look at the NL? Cause this is what I did. I looked at the NL and I just said, I just, I couldn't take someone out. So it was hard for me to put someone in, you know? Um, I thought about it, but easier in the American league for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. What now we got we're going to, so now we're going to switch to team that isn't in the playoffs that will make it cool. you want me to start? Yeah, you start. So not a playoff team. They will be a playoff team. It's a team that could be for one of our biggest disappointments, um, the Chicago White Sox, um, a team that's expected to win the NL, uh, AL Central. Um, currently, uh, I guess... Striking distance of, of the Central, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I looked yesterday. They were four and a half games behind. Right. Um, they won four out of five coming in tonight. Uh, they play the Twins in a, in a three-game series um, starting tonight. Um, they're down 2-1 currently. In the sixth, sixth. Inning, yeah. um, they play the twins seven times before the all-star break. So yes. this could easily be, you know, in two weeks from now, this could easily be, you know, the white Sox leading the division. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And so that's why I'm taking the white Sox. I think they still have that team that people picked. I know they are facing some injuries, you know, as most teams are. Um, but I still think they have the pieces there that, and the reason why people pick them to win the division in the first place, I still think they have that. And I think they, you know, again, striking distance, they pl- they're going to play the twins a lot. They're going to play the guardians a lot. So uh, that's, that's my team that, that will end up being in the playoffs. Um, but they're currently not. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer here. I'm going to go the Texas Rangers. Ooh. I'm going to go the Texas Rangers right now. Uh, currently Let's four hear... games under 500 and, Here's why, and I got to watch a bit of them uh, over the over this past weekend. Um, they just played the Mets, and they did lose today to uh, the Orioles uh, as well. So they're thirty-seven and forty-one. For one of the four teams in the American League, of the top four teams in the American League who aren't in the playoffs right now, which is Cleveland, Chicago, as Max just said, Seattle, and Texas. Best run differential is Texas, and they're the fourth team out of that list. So they are four right, spots yeah. out of a spot right now with the best run differential. I'm always a big run differential guy. I love, I think that's a good telltale stat that over after 162, it's going to even out more, right? A lot of games more in their yeah. favor. Right. Um, their starting pitching has really held up their end of the bargain team ERA under four. You look up and down the, their starting rotation, you know, John Gray has been good. He's got out of Colorado, uh, Martin Perez in his return to Texas has, has had an all-star caliber season. He's been excellent. Um, I look at the offense, 16th in runs scored, and I just think that that they can be better than that. I mean, Simeon and Seeger have not been all-star level this year. What and they're expected if, to be. Right, and even if they're just, you know, good above average right which i mean maybe above average is a little harsh with how they've been this year and i know asking for anyone to hit 300 let alone 250 is like asking someone to run a marathon these days (laughs) i understand but i think there's with 
Adelise Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe's a solid hitter, Cole Calhoun, yeah. little big true outcome guy. But I think there's too much offensive talent on that team. I think they have the ability to pick it up. Um, aside from the Astros, it's not a great division. They can beat up on the A's. Mariners, Angels aren't great either. So aside from the Astros, they can really get fat in their own division. And I think they have um, the ability to go on a run and um, take that take that last wild card spot. So I'm going to go Texas. It's funny you mentioned run differential because I'm sure you're seeing it too. But my a good pick, bullpen minus... too, Texas. Seventh, seventh best bullpen ERA. Huh. But yeah, my my pick the White Sox minus thirty six right. um, compared to the Rangers plus twelve. So I mean, and and they're you know what a game and a half apart right now. So right. it's crazy that that big of a run differential, but not that big in the standings. You know the White Sox actually have a better record currently. So we'll see if that like you said kind of evens out um, after a long you know full season. So um, yeah, the Rangers. I didn't expect that from you. I was kind of going to ask you. If Baltimore just seeing them right next to Texas in the standings, like did, they've been, they fight, they battle in every game. They're not that team that you're just going to win three out of four or sweep them in a four game series. Like they're, they're going to give you a tough, tough game. It seems like a lot, a lot of the time. And they actually beat up on the White Sox. I think they took three out of four last weekend from the White Sox. So they're, they're not that team that they used to be at least last year, the last few years, it seems. Well, you know what, Max, you're just going to lead me into the next one right now because my, nice. we're going to go to biggest overachiever so far. And I get it. Yankee fans. I get it. <laughs> Tremendous year so far. You might break the wins record and no one expected them to break, have the, uh, the chance to break the wins record this year. You've had a great season so far. Keep it up. They've done outstanding. They're starting pitching, relieving Aaron Judge, MVP caliber year. You've been great. But my overachiever this year so far is, as Max just said, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, they are closer to the Yankees than the A's are to the Astros. They had their first over 500 month in June since August of 17. They have a better winning percentage nine teams. I think, and, and they won again today. And they won again today. Um, this is a tremendous story so far for the Orioles. I, I mean, someone could say, how could this be a tremendous story? There's seven games under 500. No one in their right mind thought the, would think that the Orioles, myself included, would think that the Orioles would be seven games under 500 at this time right now. They've been great. They have a, a really nice outfield. Santander, Mullins, Austin Hayes is a stud. Um, they have some really nice hitters in that lineup. As you said, Max, they are they have been a tough, pesky out this year. Where they've struggled so far um, is their starting pitching. That still needs work. Um, unfortunately for them, their best prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, starting pitcher, uh, got hurt a couple weeks ago in AAA, and I think they're going to be extra cautious and shut yeah. him down for the rest of the year. So I don't think we're going to see him this year. But if they can get some starting pitching next year, they are absolutely moving in the right direction. Um, now, could they be sellers and maybe Trey Mancini goes at the deadline? Possibly. Could happen. I hope not, to be but, honest, even being a Yankees fan. They, they have – everyone on the Orioles organization deserves a pat on the back so far. They are not a joke. They are not an embarrassment. They have played really hard. And they have a lot of promise right now, way ahead of schedule than a lot of people thought. And 
I'm, I am blown away with how competitive they have been this year. I really have easily my over that they might win 75 games. No one thought the Orioles were going to win 50 games this year. They might win 75 games. Great story so far by them. And, and they're going to be a team because of, I'm sure, you know, not looking at the schedule in front of me, but they're going to play all those AL East teams. So they could be a big factor in deciding who, you know, makes right. it in the, in those wild card spots or even wins the division. That's with, a good point you know, too. Yankees. Being only seven yeah. under playing in, in a, in a brutal division. Yeah. And Pinto, I had to go with the Homer pick. I mean, you basically, you basically already explained it for me. All I'll say <laughs> is, all I'll say is even myself um, after the last couple of years and just not feeling like they did much pitching wise, just not loving the off season they had. I just didn't, I thought there was a good chance they didn't make the playoffs just because of those, you know, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. You know, I thought they would all be pretty good once again. Um, and Toronto coming up, you know, maybe passing them. And so I just think a lot of people didn't expect them to be anywhere near this good. Um, no one expected the starting pitching to be this good. You know, first in ERA, you know, their starting pitching has just been, you know, the backbone of this team so far. Um, obviously, like you said, Aaron Judge, um, when he's healthy, this is basically what he's been. Um, but I think that was a big question. And I guess why they didn't decide to, you know, up their offer for him. And, you know, they just said, we'll wait and see. And he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely earning some money right now. So, I mean, I don't have to say much more than what you said, but I, I did put the Yankees as my overachiever um, being in first by this much, just being in first in the division in general. I can't argue with it. I mean, if you're on pace to break the wins record, and some people thought you weren't even going to win the division. That's overachieving right. if, if, at least to this point. Absolutely. And, and I will say if I was thinking about not going with the Yankees, just because of the, the Homer pick there, just uh, picking a different team. And I was looking at the Mets a little bit, just because if you said, you know, DeGrom hasn't started yet. Um, Scherzer, what has started how many games for them? Uh, he's, he's, I think eight, but he's coming back tomorrow. And he, yeah, but yes. I, I think people would expect them to not be where they are now. So right. I, I think they've definitely overachieved, maybe not, you know, to some other teams, but, you know, I think some people are surprised with DeGrom not playing yet, that they've, you know, not pitching that a they're game, on that their they're way there. to their 50th win right now. Yeah. On, exactly, a smaller, yeah. on a smaller scale, but yeah, I hear that. All right. We got one last one for you. Biggest disappointment so far this year. Max, go ahead. Yeah, and I honestly don't I didn't I didn't do this on purpose, but I guess I stuck in the AL for for all four of these. Um, Me too. I I did as well. I, I don't know if we have the same one again. Pinto and I did not uh you know swap these picks. So we'll see. I I actually authentic. took the I actually took the LA Angels. Um I went with the Angels because just seeing Trout and Otani on the same roster, I think right there alone, to me, being someone again that maybe isn't as into baseball as you are, but realizing obviously there's a ton of other positions. There's a lot of other starters, but having those two guys, you just expect them to be more competitive. How are you going to lose 14 in a row with those two guys? Exactly. It just seems like, and those two guys playing, it's not like, you know, in years, you know, trout uh, missed some time in the past. Um, Otani's been playing. So I feel like they don't have the excuse. Um, I know Rendon's been hurt a bit. Um, some other guys on this team maybe haven't been playing up to their standards, but to me, just seeing those two guys, I just expect them to be more competitive. They're tied with the Orioles right now. And in that mix with Texas. So it's not like they're 
out of it. Um, they're not, you know, in, in Oakland territory right now, but they're 37 and 44, six and six and a half games back of uh, Tampa. It looks like for that last wild card spot. So again, there's plenty of time left in the season, but just up to this point, um, I just think the angels, their run differential at minus 13, um, their pitching, I don't believe has been too good. They're, they're hitting um, they're towards, I think the bottom half of the league in just league average. I just think I just expect more from them. I feel like every year I go into the season and see their their lineup and their roster, and I say, "Oh, this could definitely be a team that competes in the West. Uh, maybe not passes the Astros, but can be a wild card team." And they just never seem to perform to that point. Yeah, man. Since they signed Pujols, one playoff appearance since 2011. It's gone. It's gone downhill for them and since they, then. Those teams before them were. You know, obviously yeah. the World Series team, but they were Mainstay. a fun team Two, to watch. 2002 to 2011, the Angels were as solid as any yeah. any club in baseball. Like five division titles in that in that span. Yeah, and do you think? I mean, is it a mix of pitching and hitting, or do you think they just don't have the starters? I think it's a combination of both. Um, just the team that that just can't seem to get out of their own way for however many yeah. years. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up here. Um, we mentioned them before. I'm going White Sox, Max. I mean, they've been, they really have been played uninspiring baseball this year. They don't have one player. I, I know they have injuries. You know, here's a newsflash. Every baseball team has injuries, yeah. right? The Mets don't have their two top starters. They're finding a way. The Dodgers have lost like all of their starters and they're finding a way just fine. So, you know, got to suck it up, play through the injuries. I know they, I know they're terrible, but you got to play through them. Then White Sox don't have one player with 20 home runs, minus 36 run differential, nine runs worse than the Orioles. How's that possible? Come on, minus 36 for the White Sox. It's nine runs worse than the Orioles. Terrible. They're 28th in defense, 20th bullpen ERA, as well as regular ERA, 26th in runs scored. I don't know, unless they get, and again, they could, they can win that division just because it's not a great division, not a great division. Minnesota is not a world beater and neither is Cleveland. So if they get a hot streak and they beat up on them, right? Yeah. Like you said, they're going to play a lot of games against each other. They can get back in the, in the, I mean, they are in the division race, but they can narrow the gap quickly, but, yeah. and they, and they still could make the playoffs, but to this point, huge disappointment that they're even a game under 500 and their run differential is worse than the Orioles. I, th- I think that's a very sad reflection on them as a team. And maybe it's time for Tony LaRusa to go, but yeah, that's a tough one to argue with, but yeah, I, I think you look at LaRusa because if they continue this way and they don't make the playoffs this year, you got to think he's, I would think he's gone. Right. So um, that was a good baseball segment. I enjoyed that. I like that. I don't right? mind. I don't mind talking baseball, I guess. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. Um, we are now going to move on to, the story that you may have missed. And Max, when I saw this, I texted you guys right away. <laughs> Mark, I texted you guys right away. I said, this is an absolutely tremendous story. Uh, one of the better ones that I think so far. So as you all know, or as if you're listening to the show, you probably do know the Colorado Avalanche, recent Stanley Cup champions uh, celebrating with the cup. Um, the cup was supposed to go to captain of the avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog's house, and they accidentally brought it to the next door neighbors. I was wondering what that package was. (laughs) (laughs) They, they accidentally brought it to the next door neighbors. 
um, a uh, husband-wife duo, uh, Dimitri Rodenko and Kit Carbler, neighbors of Landeskog, briefly received the cup after their similarity in their addresses and a large tree confused whoever was dropping <laughs> off the Stanley Cup. Um, and then as they... Um, the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame keeper of the cup, if you recognize the guy who's always been there with the with the with the white hair, his name is Philip Pritchard, who was quoted saying, "We stopped there. We couldn't really see the number of the house, so I said, we'll just go and knock. What's the worst thing they say? Hi, who are you guys? Sure enough, I knock. Hi, who are you guys? <laughs> and then the the neighbors got to to spend a couple minutes with the cup took a picture with Landeskog. I mean, could you imagine getting a knock on the door and you see the Stanley cup in your front lawn? Mark would be like, what is this thing? <laughs> this isn't is the this? bird bath I ordered. <laughs> what is this big pile of metal that you're bringing me right now? With, Mark with just trashes it right away. This is <laughs> not the granite I ordered from the Home Depot, right? Mark just snatches <laughs> it. Finders keepers. No, exactly. Put on Craigslist for a shiny nickel. I'll be good. Right. Um, but I, I, I thought that that was uh, a really fun story, one that, you know, you don't hear stories like that too often. Um, but I, I thought that was great and obviously nice of Landeskog to have a moment with the fans next door and uh, something that I'm sure that those two fans will never, ever forget for sure. So talk, talk about something. Talk about sorry. Talk about something that really lost a step first. The Stanley Cup got dented on in, in the yes. photo. Yeah. Right? The, the, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, it did, Mark. The, the Good slept. call. And not and now it's now it's being sent to a stranger's <laughs> house. You know what's gonna happen next, you know? I'm always curious how like like I used to wonder how the Stanley Cup got around and like right. how the different players got to like like if everyone on the team gets to like have it for a couple cup yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we should ask Justin about that. He would he would have probably yes. had some inside info. Yes, for sure, because he got to they do it have, three they times. They should have paid extra for the uh, you know expensive <laughs> shipping. You know that's yeah, what you one get day delivery. You... The priority. Sorry, can yeah. I Amazon Prime the Stanley Cup? <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta overnight it. You gotta you gotta get your dollars worth. You know you can't do business. You know eight business days for that. Come on. <laughs> that is a cool story though that was something i didn't no, that's see pretty cool um, Tom. yeah yeah i i enjoyed good, that good one fine good fine all right max why don't you uh why don't you close us out here yeah story i guess that you know depending on who's looking at it um isn't so cool um <laughs> our loss of step i beg i mentioned them earlier <laughs> pinto's smiling about them the brooklyn nets just organization as a whole uh they're in a mess messy situation right now we knew Kyrie Irving there was issues now Kevin Durant um for those I think most people know for those that don't um on Thursday June 30th uh so last Thursday Durant requested a trade uh from the Brooklyn Nets this was reported by uh ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski uh Woj as you know him um <laughs> dropped the Woj bomb um I believe Thursday afternoon and the Nets are working with, I guess, general manager Sean Marks is working with Durant and uh, his business manager, Rich Kleiman, finding a trade. Um, so that's the first thing. I guess we can start there. Um, but the Nets also are dealing with this Kyrie Irving stuff. It seems like he's likely to be traded. 
Um, ben Simmons, we haven't heard much about him, which maybe is a good thing, but like, is he going to be there? Pinto, like try and try and unwrap this just, just a little bit for our, our loss to step segment. Look, think about the nets and go back with me a couple years, right? The nets going from the whole Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade debacle of a century should have been more crippling to an organization. Then they do an incredible job, incredible, getting the organization back on its feet. They bring in good young players, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and they become a nice, fun, up-and-coming young team. But nice, fun, and -and up-and-coming doesn't win in the NBA. What does that do? Gets you maybe 41 wins and a first-round exit. So now you got to go out and you got to bring in the big guns and you bring in Durant, you bring in Irving and you knew Durant was going to be hurt the first year. So you throw that one out the window. Okay. And then he had too big of a shoe in game seven against golden uh, against Milwaukee, Milwaukee against Milwaukee. And now thankfully, so talk about uh, uh, from going from low to getting better till we got the dudes and now it's all about to come crashing down. You know, I kind of feel bad for Kevin Durant because I think just Kyrie just has him under some hypnotism. Um, But I I tell you what, I I kind of think the Nets get what they deserve for putting up with Irving as long as they did. Completely botched when they got James Harden. Ben Simmons couldn't play. I mean, you talk about an organization that's in turmoil. I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys are saying, like, hold my beer. Right. I, I think this is honestly, I was telling, I think I was talking to my dad the other day. I think this is just shows that not every time you bring in all these guys, is it going to work nope. out? And there's ton of ego. And sometimes it, it isn't, you put your ego aside. Sometimes it is, you know, I'm going to do it my way or I need this. I need that. And sometimes it's just not going to work out. And between the injuries, between these three guys, Durant, Harden, Irving, um, obviously we know Ben Simmons didn't play for the Nets. Um, or hasn't yet. Um, all the stuff with Kyrie, COVID obviously made things more difficult with that. This was just crazy. And I'm, I'm waiting to see like the 30 for 30 on it in, you know, years down the road of just like this high that the Nets were on, like you said, um, and thinking they're going to win not one championship. Should I do LeBron? Not one, not two. I think, but- I, think ben, I think Ben Simmons has already deemed himself unavailable for that 30 for 30. <laughs> Oh, taking shots. You know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to give one final point, Max, about this, right? We probably can draw up with the teams that uh, let's say that they don't, for argument's sake, let's say Durant and Irving don't get traded together, right? Yeah. We probably could realistically draw up packages from teams of what they could offer the Nets and more or less get, you know, put our put an idea in our heads of what the Nets can get back for him. And that'll mm-hmm. be a great haul that shouldn't really set the organization back tremendously. Max, I don't know what they're going to get for Kyrie Irving if they trade him separately. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if they're going to get a first round pick, a good player, a bag of basketballs. I really don't know. I have no idea what they're going to get for him. Obviously the Nets don't have the leverage in that situation because he's only got one year left in his contract. So who's going to mortgage the future for Kyrie yeah. Irving, not knowing whether he's going to go up, down, left, right, backwards, forwards, who knows, but backwards in, yeah. in terms of player wise, draft pick wise, I don't, and I'm 
you know, we're all up on this, right? Not, not like Woj, but we're up on this for being the average fan. I don't know what they're going to get for him. I don't have a feel and I'm fascinated to see how it goes down. Yeah. I think all the basketball fans and just teams and basketball world, they're with you on that. Um, But yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, I don't, I don't think we really had any other contenders for it this week. Uh, from where they were, let them burn. With Durant, Harden, let them burn. The Brooklyn Nets are lost a step for this week, and um, we're excited to follow the story and see if they continue to lose a step or if they eventually come out of this thing and they can and turn this over. around. At they some can never point. take over the city. They tried. How'd that work out for them? All I'll say is, someone that never loses a step. Mark DeStefano, if Never. you want to take us out of here. Never. Sorry, guys. The um, the NBA championship trophy was just delivered <laughs> to my house. So I got to figure out how to mail this back. What's the name of the trophy, Mark? What's the name of the trophy? Um, That's a tough big, one. Big boy basketball trophy. <laughs> That's the name of it. The, the big basketball. What's the name of it? Larry O'Brien after the old commissioner from back in the, back in the day. That, no, the, that's one that yeah, that's a tough I don't think one. a lot that's of people. That's a tough one. I'm sure there are people who foul basketball who don't know that. That's not. Yeah. You know what? You know what? If you gave me a second, I'm sure I'm sure I still wouldn't have gotten it. But you know what? <laughs> this is a great episode, boys. And you know what? If all of you out there like this too, give us a shout on Twitter at Lost to Step One and on Facebook. Just search the Lost Step podcast. You'll find us pretty easily. You, you'll find our spiffy new logo right there. It's a couple of uh, sports balls and all that. Definitely a golf ball. <laughs> uh, actually, Tom made a request to take the golf ball out of the logo. I did. It was a very controversial thing. I did. Um, golf is a sport. Just remember that, everyone. But anyway, <laughs> he's rolling his eyes right now. He's falling asleep. He's falling asleep. I wish this was a video. What? 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 I thought we were talking about sports. <laughs> Someone said golf. Someone said golf. So I fell asleep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll move on. I'll move on. But uh, (laughs) yeah, be sure to like and subscribe on uh, Google, Spotify, all that. This has been episode 16 of the Lost of Step podcast for July 4th for Tom and Max and Mike, who's out this week. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. I am Mark. See y'all later.